0: Coach Hubert Davis held his summer press conference on Thursday and identified two key areas that Carolina needed to address this upcoming season that were really bad last season. And uh, how bad were they? Pretty historically bad. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Friday, July 21st, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shaden. I want to thank you for joining us to get your first listen or watch every single day. By the way, tomorrow's my dad's 68th birthday. Happy birthday, dad. It was so good to get to spend time with my family recently in East Tennessee. Love it. Well, coming up on the show today, I do want to talk about several things from Coach Davis's press conference. Also got several Friday nuggets coming up in our third segment today. Just a bunch of random scattershot stuff that I wanted to kind of clean up and tidy up the week with before we head into the weekend. So let's just start right with that press conference. So Thursday afternoon... Coach Hubert Davis held his summer press conference. Typically, we just get one in the summer unless there's some kind of crazy news that comes out. And because it's just this one press conference, it covers a whole range of topics. I want to hit on a few of those today, but then I want to utilize some of those next week as well because there's several things that I think are important to to be able for us to hash out, and I don't want to miss some of those. Now, one thing I will say right off the top is I had a couple people ask me about this, is that Coach Davis didn't talk about and wasn't asked about incoming West Virginia transfer, James Aconquo. Should we be worried about that? Why didn't he talk about him? No worries. The only reason, and the team didn't come out and say this, but this is why, is because he hasn't officially signed with Carolina yet. And so Coach Davis can't officially talk about him yet. As soon as he signs, it'll go out on social media, and, and then Coach Davis will be able to talk about him. So no worries. Don't fret. That's why that, that there was nothing said about him on Thursday. So, cool. Now, let's get to the topic at hand for right now. It's no secret that the Tar Heels have a lot of work to do to rectify last season's results. And, and how things went down at the macro level, at the micro level, and everywhere in between. Obviously, we know there's been a lot of attrition, you know, seven transfers out, plus Simeon Welcher decommitting, a whole bunch of people coming in, transfers, and freshmen. So I'm sure that you, just like me, have a whole list of things that you would like to see updated and changed and fixed for this upcoming season. Great. We all should I, like that's part of fandom, right? Um, but in his summer press conference on Thursday, Coach Davis specifically identified two key areas of on-court performance. I want to specify that um, that that Carolina needed like critical areas of growth. You could probably guess them. Like if you're naming your top two things from last season that Carolina has to get better at, you would get at least one of these within your first guess or two. So Coach Davis specifically said, quote, there's a number of things we need to address to get better from last year. Right out of the gate, the first thing he said, and this was early on in the press conference, if you watched it or listened to it, you know this, is outside shooting. Uh, Quote from Coach Davis in the press conference, I thought last year we weren't a very good outside shooting team. (laughs) I just started chuckling to myself because that's like the understatement of the century, right? It's like, yeah, you weren't. We we're, we're, we all are very well aware. Coach went on to say, quote, there are 15 teams in the ACC and we were 15th in three-point shooting percentage. Coach Davis is 100% accurate and correct with this. In fact, there were only two teams in the entire conference that shot sub-32% from three. Boston College was at 31.9% and UNC was at 31.9%. 2% and that's not good <laughs> quite frankly also by the way it's so funny i said sub 32% you know how a lot of times we'll say like that's below par to shoot under 32 or you know whatever you're like oh man that was below par and you mean that as like they that person did a bad job but in golf you want to be below par it's a whole confusing thing right but when we talk about above par that means somebody did well But that's not what it means. In golf, if you're above par, you did bad. Just the wild things that Isaac Shade's brain thinks on. Okay, let's keep going with this. Um, So again, Carolina has only two teams in the ACC to shoot uh, under 32% from three last year. Tar Heels at 31.2%. Coach Davis went on to say, quote, I think we're a better shooting team, meaning this year's roster. And as a reminder, you would sure hope that to be true because not only was what Carolina did last year the lowest in the conference, I've said this before on the podcast, you might've remembered me saying it, it was the second lowest three-point field goal percentage in Carolina history. Now, obviously that goes back to um, just late 80s, but still that's a long time ago now, just shy of 40 years. And so the only time Carolina has ever shot lower, anybody know? I've said it before, so you should probably know. I'll give you a second to say it. 2019-20, the Tar Heels shot 30.4% as a team. Yikes. But that's literally the only time in Carolina program history that the Tar Heels have shot worse from 3. So coach Davis saying, "Quote, I think we're a better team, boy, I, or better shooting team from 3, boy, I would ho- sure hope so because it doesn't take much to get better than last year." Um so but here's here's to hoping that not only are they just incrementally better that they are infinitely better. Not increment, incrementally infinitely. That's where I'm at. Now, the second thing coach Davis identified as a critical area that has to grow this season is ball movement and sharing the basketball. Coach coach said, "We have quote we have multiple playmakers now who can make plays for themselves and their teammates." And not that the guys couldn't last year, it's just I'll say it this way. It's not that they couldn't, it's that they didn't. And that's a big difference. You feel me? Yeah, absolutely. And so he, he said, quote, I really like the mix and the combinations. And I know it's early, but there's a lot of versatility, meaning on the 23, 24 roster. So just how bad was that? I talked about how historically bad the three point shooting was the, the assist stuff might have actually been worse. It's just not as glaring because it, it, it. Assist ratio isn't as glaring a thing that we all just see like three-point shooting percentage. Let me give it to you. Coach Davis said in his press conference that we were 14th in team assists in the ACC last year. Well, at at least by average number of assists per game, he was one off with that. The Tar Heels were—I mean, still really bad—but 13th in the ACC, uh, averaging 12 assists per game, just above Notre Dame's 11.8 and Louisville averaged just 9.3 assists per game last year. Yikes. So, yeah, sure, maybe Coach Davis was one off, but his point is well taken. Let, let me go a little further inside these numbers for you to help explain how historically bad Carolina's sharing of the basketball was last year. That that 12.0 assists per game was 273rd nationally in Division 1 out of 363 teams. So Carolina was in the bottom 100 teams of all D1 in terms of assists per game. And it's not just assists per game. I also like to look at assist percentage or assist rate, some people like to call it. Just basically, how many of your made field goals do you assist on? Um, I, I typically like to look at it as I as a baseline. I want Carolina or or any, you know, I I also am the co-host of Locked on College Basketball. So I'm looking at this at a national level. I want teams to be at least at 50% to you know, as like a baseline. That's not even like really good. That's just like I feel like you should be at 50%. So Carolina this past season assisted on 45.4% of their made baskets just to give a little context the previous two years before that coach davis's first year assist rate was 54.1 percent roy williams last year 55.3 percent so that 45.4 percent assist percentage that carolina had last year 310th in the nation per ken palm 310th. That's nearly in the bottom 50 of all of division one. And to put it in a historical view, remember I said, it's going to be historically bad. The last time Carolina's assist percentage. And yes, I did go back and do the research because that's what Isaac shade does. The last time the Tar Heels were under 50% on assist percentage, the 1978, 79 season. So yeah, what happened last year was historically bad and even worse than what they had done shooting the three-point. So Coach Davis is spot on with identifying these two things. So yeah, got to do much better. And again, 50% assist percentage has to be the, the, just the basement foundation where you start. I would love to see this Carolina team, particularly as Coach Davis said, The mix, the combinations, the versatility, the playmakers who can make plays for themselves and others. You think about what Elliott should do. You think about what Harrison Ingram can do. All these guys and their ability to share the ball. Gotta see that grow. So those are those two key areas that Coach Davis has identified. Because of that, what I want to do is this whole season, like I'm always tracking all this stuff because I'm a big stats head. I want to look specifically at those two areas of weakness from last year and see how Carolina's trending and progressing with that. And so I'll keep us all up to date with that throughout the 23-24 season. Now, beyond those two key critical areas, there was a phrase that Coach Davis used all last season that the Tar Heels needed to work on. You might remember it. It was D&D, discipline and details. From his words at Thursday's press conference, Coach said that Carolina needs work in that as well. Why so and how can it grow? We'll discuss that in just a moment. But before we get there, I need to tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by eBay Motors. Hey, for a championship team, it's all about making sure every single player is a perfect fit. They got to share the ball. They got to move the ball, just like we talked about. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head over to eBay Motors. Because with eBay guaranteed fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Go ahead and add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit at the right price on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I want to thank you again for joining us on today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Hey, you everydayers I want to welcome you all in. So glad you're here. Thank you for making this such a fun community to be a part of. If you're a newcomer or a visitor, we want you to become part of that everyday community hanging out with us on Locked on Tar Heels. If you want to hear your name or see your or hear your voice or see your face on the show, you can submit a question via video to LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Just give us your name, where you're from, and a question. 15 seconds or less, and you might see it pop up on the show. And in fact, we, especially during the summer, do quite a bit of listener questions. But in a few weeks, we're going to have a mailbag episode coming up where we're going to just do completely listener and viewer questions. So make sure you get stuff in. There's been several coming in this week, and I'm excited for that. Now, we have just talked about two specific on-court issues that Carolina had last year in their game, three point shooting and sharing the basketball, particularly as it uh, pertains to assists. But at a bigger macro level there, there was something that coach Davis asked the team to do last season, second segment sip break. Ah, There you go, some nice cold water. And that phrase was this discipline and details. And I love how Coach Davis talked about it on his press conference on Thursday. He said this, that all of these little small things throughout the course of not just a game, but the lead up to a game, offseason, practice, all of this, all these small little intangible things have to happen in order for bigger things to happen. So if you want to cut down some nets, if you want to win championships, if you want to win awards and rewards, then you have to take care of these disciplines and these details, right? Like, and and this is true, not just in basketball, this is true in life, this is true in whatever profession you have, that you have to be disciplined, you have to have rhythms, you gotta take care of details, right? Or if that's not you, find someone who does take care of all those things. That's what Coach Davis needs from his team. As an example of this, what he said in the press conference is that, he said, if I'm not mistaken, so this this is according to Coach Davis, of last year's 13 losses, 11 of them were within one possession either way with either Carolina up or down one possession with three minutes to go. And by one possession, if if you're not sure how we would uh, define that, it would mean up or down three points. Um, and so that that's what Coach Davis is saying. Again, of the 13 losses, 11 of them were within one possession with three minutes to go. And I, I gotta tell you, folks, I know that some of that can be happenstance sometime. There's regression to the mean or progression to the mean. And what I mean by that is this um, some teams in any sport will go through a season of just winning a ton of one possession games, or in baseball, one run games. Or maybe the opposite's true. We'll go through a, a season of winning or losing one run games or in fantasy football. For those of you that play that, I I do. Uh, We should have it locked on Tar Heels uh, fantasy football league. How fun would that be? Anyway, um, we talk about this with touchdowns, with running backs. Some running backs just are unlucky with getting the ball in sometimes into the end zone. And so we say that the next season or later in the season, there will be progression to the mean where they will start scoring more of like their typical career average, or if they've scored a bunch of touchdowns, there's going to be a regression back to the mean. I see that a lot within these types of things that coach Davis is talking about. However, there is this fine line that great teams, elite teams have the ability to do to steal some of those games. It's, ju- it's just what happens. It's that belief like that Coach Dean Smith would always instill in his teams. Like, we are going to win this game. We've done all the things we have to do to be ready to do it, and it's going to happen. You just got to believe, right? Like, that, that is a Carolina staple. It, it's interesting. I, I, my wife and I, this week, have been watching the quarterbacks documentary on Netflix, which follows Pat Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota. And I can't remember if it was Mahomes or Kirk Cousins talking about this. I feel like it was Mar- or not Marriott, excuse me, uh, Pat Mahomes talking about like there are, in, in the NFL, you know, it was it was Kirk Cousins. I remember this because they there's like this fourth down play that they didn't pick up and he thought the Vikings could have won the playoff game they lost against the Giants. Um, And he said, like, it's just all these little plays throughout the course of an NFL season can add up to multiple wins or losses. And it's just this one thing and, and how much it changes. That's exactly what Coach Davis is talking about here. Great teams find a way to do these little disciplines and details that lead to three or four more wins rather than three or four more losses. So things like, making one more right pass, having one fewer turnover, taking one better shot than you did before. One more time of being patient. One more time of downshifting instead of pushing ahead when you need to. One more minute studying film. One more time studying your opponent. Um, you, we, we've often talked like, and even unlucky things that are out of your control. Like I've, I've often said with Armando Baycott healthy last year, Carolina probably is plus three wins of where they were. And that would have been enough to to get them into the NCAA tournament because they were in that conversation with the last four, five, six teams. Like I I have been told that from sources on the selection committee. I'm just telling you that right now. And so that's how close it is. That's how thin the razor's edge is that Carolina has to do these things. And as Coach Davis said, all of these little my, seemingly minute things add up to allow you to have a better season than you otherwise would have. That's what Carolina has to get back to doing. And that's what he's looking for. Well, obviously, as I said earlier, we're going to unpack more of coach Davis's presser next week, but I just, I didn't want to rush through it. Right? Like There's a lot of good content in there and I wanna make sure we take the appropriate time to unpack it. So we'll look at a lot of that more next week and and just take our time wading through all that information. Now, I've got several Friday nuggets for you, several things I've been saving that I just haven't been able to get to yet this week. And so just thought it would be a great time to drop it. It's like a Friday news dump from the White House uh, coming at you here in just a second. All right, folks, folks, We've got Friday Nuggets for you to wrap up the week. I thought I'd call it that. My my wife's out out of town this weekend uh, preaching at a conference, and so my kids and I are going to Chick-fil-A tonight for dinner on Friday. So I thought I'd call this our Friday Nuggets section. I like it, right? That's kind of fun. So uh, some of this you probably have already seen. I just got to make sure that you have because it's really neat Carolina stuff. Number one, Leaky Black. Boy, this is great news. My man has officially signed a two-way contract with the Hornets. That was, you might be saying, now wait, I thought that happened a long time ago. Well, it was reported quite a while ago, I believe by Adam Smith from Inside Carolina. I want to give him his, his props there on that. Um, always like to be able to shout out the people who, who send out information and get it first, because um, that's, that's what a lot of the beat reporters are trying to do. And so we, we had had that report for a while, but Charlotte already had two of their two-way guys signed an official and, and out. And there were rumblings this week that there was some uh, another player, forgive me, I can't remember who it is now, that they had extended an offer to. We talked about it earlier on the show this week. Um, but then the news came out officially that Leakey had signed with the Hornets. And man, this is just so cool. And I know it's it's not full-on. NBA roster. But man, it's his foot's in the door and I and I love it and just excited for him to get this shot. So Leaky, way to go, buddy. Um speaking of Carolina guys, um making NBA things, uh, we learned this was actually last week I just haven't been able to talk about it yet, but Reggie Bullock is moving from the Mavs. He's staying within Texas, but moving from the Mavs to the Spurs. It was part of a three-way Uh, deal between the Mavs, Spurs, and Celtics. I believe Grant Williams was involved in that on the Celtics side, the great player from uh, University of Tennessee. And then several draft picks were traded as part of this as well. So pretty cool stuff. Reggie's going to get to go play with Wemby. And man, I just, I, I think of the person that Reggie Bullock is, the things he cares about in life, right? Like all the social justice things that he's been a part of. And just think about what who Greg Popovich is, what the Spurs organization stands for. And this just makes sense to me. So I love this fit for Reggie and, and I just hope it's a great opportunity for him. Next. uh, We had the Wrexham Chelsea match at Keenan stadium on uh, Wednesday night. Right? Yeah. And uh, this is just a cool um, thing, right? Like, I know it's not a Carolina-specific thing, but uh, from what I'm told, like a Tar Heel chant broke out at one point at the match, like before it started. Uh, I saw video of some of the guys like shooting baskets in Carmichael, like all sorts of cool stuff. And like, this is just good for the brand. You know what I mean? To get two national entities, Chelsea, who is just like a renowned football club, and then Wrexham, like... uh, I'm assuming everybody knows about the Welcome to Wrexham uh, show on Hulu and that Ryan Reynolds and what's his name, Mac from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, are the owners of that team. That's the two teams that played at Keenan uh, this week. And so Chelsea won 5-0, but um, just a good thing for Carolina to be able to host that. So really, really think that's a cool thing. Now, uh, here's a couple more nuggets for you and then we'll get out of here. John Rothstein, who's one of the biggest names in college basketball, does a phenomenal job covering college basketball. Love love what he does and is an inspiration to me as someone working to kind of increase my footprint in national college basketball coverage. Um, one of the things he's been doing this off season is each week doing a conference breakdown. So this week he did the Big Ten Breakdown, And so he does like a, a power ranking for the conference, preseason awards, all this breakout list, etc. But he predicts the starting five for each team and uh, pretty crazy stuff. You know that both Puff and DeMarco wound up at Penn State. He has both of them projected in Penn State's starting lineup. And so, man, that's it's just wild to think about both of those guys starting together on the same team. But it's not North Carolina. That's just, that's weird to me, man. Super weird. Um, and then also, obviously, Dawson Garcia is still playing at Minnesota. So there are three Tar Heels that John Rothstein has in starting lineups. Welcome to the transfer portal era, right? Like, that's all I can say about that. Final Friday nugget for you is that earlier this week, um, Carolina sent out to us all the schedule for fall football camp and so i just want to briefly share that with you so you can kind of know the rundown of it um and and you know put it on your calendar or whatever you want to do there so thank big thanks to jeremy sharp who does a great job as football's sid it's coming up man Uh, A week from Tuesday. So August 1st, which is my anniversary, by the way, man, and my wife and uh, kids and I are going to be in Mexico for that. So cool stuff. Uh, But August 1st is the day the team reports and then practice starts August 2nd. So they'll practice at 10 a.m. August 2nd through 4th. By the way, on the 2nd, that one's going to be open to the media. And so we'll we'll get some footage from that, and, and you'll be able to see that. Coach Brown is going to be available that day after practice. August 5th is off. August 6th through 8th, 10 a.m. practice again. Those three days. August 8th, by the way, will be the first day of pads. And the first half of that will be open to media as well, so we'll see footage from that. And then Coach Chiswick will be available that day after practice. August 9th is off. August 10th through 13th is back to practice at 10 a.m. and then uh, the new offensive coordinator Chip Lindsey will be available on August 10th post practice. August 14th is off. 15th through 17th, 10 a.m. practice. Coach Mac Brown available on the 15th, so we'll get some words from him midway again, right after. Uh, like so, we'll hear from him at the beginning. Midway, August 18th is off. 19th and 20th, we're getting really close to the first day of class. So practice uh, is at 7.30 p.m. on the 19th and 5.15 p.m. on the 20th. August 21st is off because it's the first day of class. 22nd through 24th, practice moves earlier to 8 a.m. And uh, with, with classes now in session, August 23rd, Coach Brown will be available again. That'll be the last time. So he'll be available three times throughout the month of August. And that's exciting stuff there. Off on August 25th, The team practices on the 26th, Saturday, the 27th, Sunday, time TBD. But then August 28th, the last day on this calendar, Monday, game week versus South Carolina. It's hard to believe it's so, so stinking close. We're just about five weeks away from that right now. Crazy stuff. Can't wait for it. And I know you can't either. Let's go Heels. Can't wait to see. Uh, Drake may in what we all assume will be his final year, what that new offense looks like. And then hopefully the defense man is coming along and we'll check all that out. That's it for today's episode of locked on Tar Heels. That's it for, excuse me, this week on locked on Tar Heels. Really appreciate you joining us. If you would go leave us a five-star review on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen to or watch the show. You can follow us on Twitter at locked on heels. Follow me at Isaac Shade or on threads at Isaac Shade. That's the handle there as well. Email the show LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe, smash the like button, and leave a comment on your thoughts on Coach Davis's stuff and all of the Friday nuggets. Hey, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. I'll talk to you again on Monday, but until then, peace.